What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 155 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by a star of the porn parody 10 Inch Man, <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Splooge, where he played uh, uh, the villainous Cocksteady. It's the phenomenal AJ Singh. Hey, yo, hey, cock steady. Hey. I sound like Stallone, kind of. <laughs> That's true. They could have used Stallone as well. Yeah, yeah, they could have. <laughs> uh, well, if you couldn't guess, this is going to be our review of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh, anybody, if you have never checked out our reviews, uh, we like to do first just kind of a, a, a good uh, spoiler-free uh, thoughts and overview. And then what we'll do is a nice detailed breakdown of the plot uh, scene by scene. Um. Now, AJ, I'm curious, before we really get into this, what's, like, your history of fandom with the Ninja Turtles? I only ask because, like, the Ninja Turtles, like, when I was a kid, was, like, my first, like, fandom type thing. Like, I was obsessed with them. Like, I watched the cartoon series, like, repeatedly. I spent all my free money on the action figures. Uh, And then, like, eventually, like... uh, I would say over the years became just more of kind of like a moderate fan. Like I still like them, but I don't, not as in detail as when I was a kid, of course. Um, I will say like, I have read a a fair amount of like the IDW comic book series uh, that I like a lot, but I was just curious like if what your history is. I'm very similar in that manner. Uh, I I used to play the games that they used to have coming out. Uh, I used to play with the, you know, Dolls, like the toys, right. you know, action figures. Action figures, and, not dolls. Yeah, action figures. And uh, Raphael's weapons, I used to play with those a lot. Oh, yeah, the size. Have, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't read the comics. I didn't really, I guess, know about them as much. I didn't until recent years. Mm-hmm. But but uh, the show, of course, I was into it big time. The movies I watched over and oh, over again yeah, religiously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely all into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at some point in my life. You know, recently, of course, I still have, you know, nostalgia and love right. for it. But, you know, of course, it's not the same as it once was. But it was nice watching something that that harkened back to that time. Yeah, same. Uh, man, you just reminded me. I forgot about the video video games. I remember that, that first Ninja Turtles game for NES, just oh, yeah. playing that underwater level a billion times because it's <laughs> so difficult. And, like, you, you felt accomplishment just making it past that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, games back then were just hard as hell. So anyway. difficult. Yeah. At least the second one was more of like that, like beat 'em up style. That yeah. was a little bit easier, you know. Uh, but man, that first game—I <laughs> never saw the end of that first game. It's so difficult. Um, so yeah, I went into this movie pretty optimistic because um, the, the uh, well, let me bring up Rotten Tomatoes here because the, the Rotten Tomato score is pretty high right now. It sits at a ninety-six percent. Um, let's break down the cast real quick too. Uh, a lot of voice actors here. Uh, uh, Micah Abbey is Donatello. Uh, I'm I'm going to mispronounce some of these names. Shimon Brown Jr. is Michelangelo. Hannibal, Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog. Rose Byrne is Leatherhead. Nicholas Cantu is Leonardo. John Cena is Rocksteady. Jackie Chan is uh, Master Splinter. Ice Cube is Superfly. Natasia Dimitriou is Wingnut. Ayo Itabiri is April O'Neil. Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter Stockman. Post Malone is Ray Filet. Uh, Brady Noon is Raphael. Seth Rogen is Bebop. Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko. And Maya Rudolph is Cynthia Utram. You know, I was thinking, like, the, with, the, with these um, 
modern day animated features, they always get like, you know, really recognizable celebrities. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, w- I would think like for most of these roles, like Seth Rogen has a distinctive voice. Yeah. But most of these other ones, if I didn't, like, if I didn't, if you didn't tell me that John Cena was playing uh, Rocksteady going into this, I don't even know if I would have really picked out his voice. I think a lot of these people could be played by just, like, regular, you know, voice actors, and and it wouldn't, it wouldn't really matter, and they, they could probably make the movie for cheaper. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I honestly thought they were regular voice actors at first <laughs> until you told me that. I mean, like, Paul Rudd is Mondo Gecko. Did you really pick out Paul Rudd's no, voice in there? No, all. not at all. So it's like, I don't know. I think they just, uh, you know, kind of wasted some, some money there, which they do on a lot of these movies. But yeah. Um, So, yeah, with that high tomato rating, I, I was optimistic. But I got to say, after watching it, I felt a little underwhelmed. To, to me, the movie is just... I don't know. It it it's fine. I don't think it's great though. I I, I didn't know. What do you think of it, about it? Just surface level thoughts. I didn't have high expectations because I heard bad things, you know, going into it. Oh really? There were some reviews that were like, you know, this movie's this and that, like just you know, not great, and uh, that kind of dampened my expectations. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, oh, you actually ended up yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, you know. <sighs> It's weird saying this about a, a Ninja Turtles movie because I know, like, obviously it is a property that kids should be able to enjoy. Yeah. But I would have liked it, I think, more if there was a little higher degree of seriousness to it. Mm. Which I know sounds weird to say, but even if you look at that original, like, live-action uh, Ninja Turtles movie, like, it is, like, kid-friendly, but there's a twinge of darkness in that movie. Okay. Like I remember the one turtle like gets messed up and he's like recuperating in the bathtub and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, they're basically like, uh, making these like little, like teenage kids, like join the foot clan and stuff. Yeah. So there is like there a degree of darkness to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like even like the, if you read the IDW comic book series, like again, it's, it's totally kids can read it, but I feel like, adults can get more out of it whereas this movie i don't know i just felt like yeah if i was a kid i would have loved this movie but as an adult i'm I'm just kind of like eh, it doesn't grab me as much i don't know i mean like uh i i de- the theme resonated with me like you know <clears throat> not fitting in and like uh like i i personally think humans aren't the best you know <laughs> and like that is definitely a theme explored in this movie yeah i think like animals would definitely feel that way if they had that level of like you know depth of consciousness right. and stuff so like uh yeah i mean that resonated with me i was totally okay with that and if that's what you were gonna you know build that's the tent point you're gonna build this movie on i'm, I'm okay with that also it, it's probably not fair to compare this movie to spider-verse but since they both came out this year, and, and this movie definitely is kind of aping on the animation yeah. style, I, I would say it's not as intricate uh, as Spider-Verse, but I think they're definitely aping on that style. Yeah. Um, but I felt like Spider-Verse, maybe it's just a taste thing, but I, I thought it, it did a better job of appealing both to kids and adults, where this one, to me, just seemed a little more uh, kid-friendly and a and maybe we'll turn off some adults more. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so before we get into uh, you know the details of the plot, how would you rate this just in terms of people should see it in theaters, wait for streaming, or skip? 
Um, I I think younger people might want to see in the theaters. You know, if you're older, yeah, just chill, wait for it to come out on the, you know, home streaming. But uh, I think, yeah, I think a lot of young people would like to go out and enjoy this movie in the theaters. You know, that's a good point about the kids. Um, it, it, uh, I guess my, my official recommendation would be wait for streaming. But, yeah, I mean, if you have kids, they're probably going to have a great time yeah. at this movie and, and, and have fun with it. So it might be worth taking the kiddos out. But uh, otherwise, I, I would say, like, if you're an adult curious about it, I would say wait for streaming mm-hmm. for sure. All right, AJ, should we get into spoiler territory? Let's do it. All right, guys, spoilers ahead. We're going to get into this thing. Um, uh, so, AJ, just chime in whenever you want. Um, this one, I got to say, when I was putting together my notes, um, I did have a hard time like remembering how things fit together yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if I missed a few things. But um, So we open up on a, a TCRI uh, SWAT team. And TCRI, I, I forget exactly what the acronym stands for, but this is like part of like the Ninja Turtles lore. Is this like uh, scientific company that seems to get involved in a lot of like you yeah. know criminal stuff? Were they mentioned in uh, the Secret of the Use, like those older movies? Was it also TCRI? I remember something like that. That's a good question. I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid, but it wouldn't surprise me because I think it was even a feature of like. The, maybe like the original like comic so yeah it wouldn't surprise me but yeah so we open up on like a tcri swat team uh that's led by cynthia utram now aj do you know the significance of the name utram in the tmnt lore utram uh no so the utram in ninja turtles are actually the name of an alien race and chief among them is a master Krang, the tentacle oh, okay. guy. So some people theorize that this woman, Cynthia Utram, might actually be like Krang, like in disguise, like possibly like piloting her body or whatever. Okay. But uh, I, I got to think there's some sort of connection since they gave her that last name, you yeah. know. Um, and what she plays? She said she was what? So she's like the, um, I, I believe in this movie she's like the head of tcri she's like that woman that's kind of like played by maya rudolph and like she doesn't play like a huge part in this movie but but she's always like leading the charge right go get them exactly yeah Yeah. so they're en route to baxter stockman's lab uh to obtain his uh mutation uh research that he's been working on and I thought this was a bit convenient, and it comes into play towards timing, the end of the Timing is perfect. Are you talking about oh, that? Well, not only the timing. <laughs> you're right about that. Not only the timing, but they also have these guns that apparently can like reverse mutation. Oh, right. Which I thought was a, a little bit of a convenient yeah. thing. Because like, he, he's like on the cusp of all, all this like mutant research, but they already have like the thing that yeah, can reverse, they can reverse it. it. So you're I, skipping a few steps here, yeah. <laughs> right, so I thought that was a bit like, uh, maybe a little convenient, but whatever, it's a cartoon, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Baxter is, is um, kind of in this continuity, like kind of an outcast. He, he, he mentions, I think, that he feels like um, he has more of a connection to animals than humans, right? 
I, yeah, you know, I relate to that. I I have like a pet dog. You you have the right. pet dog now. Your family does, but uh, you know, I was always like it, it used to live with me and everything. Right, and it was like a family member, and I always felt like a strong connection to that to that dog. And now I have a cat who I don't have a strong connection, <laughs> but I mean, still, uh, they're they're really relatable animals, you know, in that sense. Which makes me wonder, you know, as, as we find out, most of the mutants in this movie like see well. A lot of them, anyway, seemingly um, hate humans. Yeah. But if a dog was mutated into, like, a human-animal oh, hybrid... they'd be our best friends. You would hope so. <laughs> but I think maybe, because we tend to, like, treat them very well. I, w- yeah. I would think at least a lot of dogs, if they were transformed, would still be on human humanity yeah. side. Yeah. It'd be an interesting thing for them to do. You know, I saw a TikTok where this... I'll, I'll say it, like, pretty much verbatim. Uh, the, a dog says, uh, this guy feeds me, walks me cleans up my poop they must be god and then a cat goes this guy feeds me walks me cleans up my poop i must be god (laughs) that is actually very good yeah cats are that way man yeah they really are uh so yeah baxter has been uh you know he's connected animals and and he's been making these you know human animal mutations hybrids uh, the most advanced one in his lab is a fly that he keeps in a cage. Now, I believe in, like, um, at least the original, like, cartoon we watched as kids, I believe he transforms himself into a fly. Oh, is that right? I don't I don't remember that at all. It's been forever, but I think that's the case. Okay. Um, so Baxter makes a vial of the green ooze, and that's exactly when the SWAT team shows up. Um so the fly um, is like apparently at this stage pretty strong, and so it takes out like a bunch of the members of the SWAT team. I don't remember exactly what happens, but maybe they they shoot something, and it basically causes this big explosion, kind of blows up the lab, mm. and it knocks down Baxter and causes the ooze to fall down into the sewer. Mm-hmm. And so that's when the title treatment comes up: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Uh, so now we cut uh, straight to 15 years later, uh, where we're introduced to the turtles running across rooftops at night. And uh, we find out that the turtles are basically going on a uh, supply run. Uh, so Leo reminds them that they have to stay uh, hidden uh, because Splinter believes that h- humans are evil and will kill them and milk them of their blood. Which, that co- <laughs> that joke comes like throughout this movie That's several times, often, the whole like, yeah. milking, and they're like, oh, we don't even have nipples, and <laughs> they use that joke a lot. Um, but they even mention here that they're like, you know, we'll do this because like Splinter says so, but... We kind of think a lot of humans are cool or whatever, yeah. you know. And they're, I mean, they're basing this off of like pop culture and stuff. Right. And, and they're like name drop celebrities. I, and I remember like one of them like mentioned like Guy Fieri or oh, yeah, like Michelangelo. Yeah. And a part of me like, and this is like happens throughout the movie a lot, is they, they have a lot of like, uh, like current cult, pop culture references, which makes me think in about 20 years, like this movie is going to be very dated. Yeah, that's true. And plus, you know, one of these people is going to get caught up with something and then it's going to look bad. <laughs> Probably. Guy Fieri rips a bunch of women in a restaurant or something. <laughs> I'm not saying he did that, though. <laughs> He's actually probably the only decent guy yeah. out of all the ones they, <laughs> they mentioned. Uh, 
Uh, you hear Lizzo fat shaming people? <laughs> I did hear that. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's wild. Her whole image was built off of like being pro- body positive, right? Like being like, yeah, <laughs> love my curves and all this stuff. How's this irony for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lizzo. I wonder if, if they mentioned her in this movie. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we get this montage of of them all like secretly like getting supplies and staying out of sight of people and cameras and everything. Uh, so on the way back home, they see a news report um, uh, that mentions that there's this mysterious villain named Superfly who's been stealing a bunch of uh, high tech equipment. Superfly. Superfly. Um, but instead of going home like Leo wants to, uh, because he he's like the do-gooder, of course, he yeah. wants to follow he's Splinters. Yeah, uh, all the other turtles are like, "Hey, they're showing an outdoor movie at this place, so let's go to this outdoor theater." So they all go, and so Leo kind of like, "Okay, I'll go along." Um, and so they're showing Ferris Bueller um, of all movies. Yeah, I, I'm guessing Ferris Bueller is a. Uh, probably something like paramount has the rights to or, so i don't yeah, know i mean it does relate to the movie but it just doesn't make sense that they'd be playing that movie i mean i know movies do go back and play like classics but i don't know on a random night ferris bueller's playing that fits the theme of what they're going through <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which so they they like they're looking down on all the humans like enjoying themselves and you, you can tell that they're 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 bummed out that they yeah. can't and they're experience. lonely you know, right like, they're lonely yeah. and like i think leo sees like uh like a, a boyfriend girlfriend and so like yeah that sets up his character where he's like i'd like to know what it's like to have a girlfriend you know yeah. uh so they get all bummed out and they they kind of all sadly go home um where splinter uh has been you know uh waiting for them uh in the dark um so Leo immediately confesses uh, where they were, and they were seeing a movie, and they get in trouble. Uh, this causes... <laughs> so Splinter starts telling the tale of, like, their origin story, but I'm like, who is this for? Like, why would he tell them? This is just for us, the audience, yeah. but he's telling it to them who already know this. Uh, but anyway, he, he tells the tale of how he first met. He was just a regular rat on the streets, you know, having hard times. And he ended up meeting the turtles in the sewer. They were covered in ooze. And when they touched him, he got covered in ooze. And, of course, they were mutated. And he mentions that, you know, because he was an older rat when he mutated, he was older. And they were baby turtles. So when they mutated, they were still, like, babies. Yeah. Um, Splinter tells of how the turtles were obsessed with the outside world. (laughs) Were uh, Were you confused by Splinter at all? Like, I, I really thought, like, it was going to be a Jewish voice that came out of his mouth. Like, I don't know why, but he seemed like like he had, like, stereotypical Jewish qualities to him, like, car- cartoon-wise. It's actually funny you mention that, because I think um, Lester watched this movie with us as well. And I was talking to him, and I thought he mentioned that he thought he sounded Jewish. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought at first he sounded Jewish, too. I was like, man, they're really going in on this whole Jewish thing with this rat. And then, like, the more I listened to him, I was like, oh, wait, no, he's got an Asian accent in there. But I really, I I don't know, I, I really saw, like, Jewish qualities. <laughs> Although, you know, in the uh, um, Michael Bay-produced um, live-action movies, um, 
<clears throat> Splinter was voiced by Tony Shalhoub, oh. who I think might be legit Jewish, or if not, he at He's least like sounds... Middle Eastern or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like um, Semitic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He definitely has that voice, you know, that sounds vaguely Jewish if yeah. he's not legit Jewish. So, right. uh, yeah, it is kind of weird, but just uh, yeah, the way he acts too. You, I could see you, yeah, definitely uh, picking up on that. <clears throat> so Splinter tells of how the uh, when they were kids, the turtles were obsessed with the outside world, and so he he kind of broke down one night, and he's like, "Okay, I'll take these kids outside." And basically, they were immediately like attacked by by people, yeah. and so that's how Splinter got it in his head that yeah, like humanities are bloodthirsty; they just want to. I kill mean, us. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> he has one really bad experience outside. And he's like, never again. <laughs> Although I kind of think, like, um, you know, you could argue like this maybe was in a time of no cell phones, like that part in the past. But, like, you had a fair amount of people that legitimately saw, like, a rat man with, like, anthropomorphic-looking turtle babies with him. And, like, that news didn't... That should be, like, in in their universe, like... um, I don't know. I guess it would be maybe conspiracy theory, but it would have some weight to it because there'd be so many people that witnessed it. That reminds me of that Leprechaun in the Hood story, like where like I definitely never watched that. No, no, not the movie. Like oh. there's an actual news story about like people being like, "There's a leprechaun out here," blah blah, and the news is like covering it. Like they say they saw a leprechaun. <laughs> Sounds legit. <laughs> Where <are> the news? <laughs> um. So this caused Flinter to, um, you know, he's like, okay, the world's dangerous, so I, I'm going to teach myself and the kids to defend ourselves. So they actually end up watching, like, these old, like, nin- terrible, like, ninja movies yeah. and teaching themselves. Uh, he teaches himself and the turtles how to defend themselves, and you get this whole montage of the martial arts and everything. Uh, anyway, when he's all done telling the story, he grounds the turtles uh, for a month. Um, so now we cut to a gang of thieves uh, pulling a heist. Uh, they're getting another high-tech item for Superfly. Uh, the police almost catch these guys when uh, Superfly, who we don't get it like a good view of in this scene, yeah. um, basically picks up their van and flies it away from the police. He brings it to his hideout that's like a like a huge wrecked ship on the coastline. Yeah. Um, and Physi- I think physics are not explained like. Oh, yeah, he can he can carry his own body with those wings. Sure, I'll right. accept that. But a car full of people, also yeah, like a huge van full of people <laughs> yeah. and equipment. Yeah, yeah, they make him very strong. He's jacked. <laughs> and um, it seems like uh, I, I believe he kills these guys, doesn't he? Yeah, he kills anybody who sees him. Yeah. Um, so now we get the scene um, from the trailer where the turtles are like slicing fruit. Uh, watermelon and, and yeah. videotaping it, and I, I guess like they must have just like fast forwarded a month because it's like oh because yeah, they, they were got spo- over there they, they're grounding. Yeah. Um, so we get that scene from the trailer where Mikey puts the watermelon above his head and Ralph is gonna Ralph is gonna throw uh, a star through it, mm-hmm. which he does. Uh, but the uh, then they hear a, a girl's voice. It turns out that that star fell down and it's stuck in the helmet of April O'Neil. So this is where we're introduced to her. Uh, so like as April like starts yelling at them, like Leo like instantly falls in love with her. Yeah. Um, and as they're talking, um, a man steals her scooter 
so the turtles, led by Leo, decide to uh, go after him and get the scooter back. Uh, so they follow this guy to a chop shop. Uh, Leo wants to go in there stealthily, but Raphael, you know, he He's he just barges in. Yeah. yeah, good old Raphael and his mm-hmm. anger management issues. Um, so they end up getting in a big fight, um, uh, featuring a quick cameo of the Go Ninja, Go Ninja song. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, one of them, like, uh, like ends up fighting a guy, like, inside a car that turns on, and, like, the radio turns on, and that song plays just, like, really quick, um, but it is in there. Um, so the Turtles beat the bad guys, um... I mean, that fight, like, there was nothing spectacular about it. I, but it was their first fight. Right. They were just so good at it. Like, <laughs> Well, even, like, before they fought, like, they, I think, like, Donatello mentioned, like, they had never really fought before yeah. or whatever. And, like, they do that thing where he does get, like, the like the knife in his leg or yeah. whatever. And he screams, like, from the trailer as well. So, but, yeah, pretty soon they're just, like, masters and they yeah they're unbeatable yeah <laughs> so that didn't last long and they they became like great ninjas um so yeah they beat up the bad guys uh, uh so april shows up to get her scooter back the turtles at first they try to hide like you know it doesn't really work so they decide to reveal themselves to april uh she's freaked out for a second when she realizes that like the legit turtles rather than mm. like people in costumes yeah uh, but then she agrees to hear their story over uh, pizza. Um, so they go up on the roof of this place called the Laird, uh, which is a tribute to Peter Laird, one of the creators of the Ninja mm. Turtles. Um, April reveals that... That's a, there's a strip club over here called the Lair in Portland. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> also, like, what kind of creatures do they have dancing in there where it's called the Lair? <laughs> That's true. If you think about it, layer never has like a, a good yeah. connotation. Like, let's go to the layer. <laughs> let's see what's in there. <laughs> in the layer. Man, I am. Um, me and Lester were talking about this randomly because, like, when I was working for H and R Block, like, occasionally they would like um, farm me out to other offices that weren't my normal ones when they were like maybe down a person or whatever. Yeah. And like one of them is in Gresham, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a... The hood of Portland. <laughs> yeah, it is really. Mm-hmm. And I just remember driving past this um, strip club that looked terrible. <laughs> it looked like a, like kind of like a dive bar, yeah. but it was a strip club. And I'm like, I don't even want to imagine the kind of lineup they got going on in there. It had to have been terrible. You know, I think Portland has the most strip clubs per capita than any other city in the U.S. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, Lester says a lot of time, and I've seen one of these. You'll just see like a house. Yeah, it looks has, like a house. Yeah, that has like a sign of like you know exotic dancing inside or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, good lord, I do not want to see the caliber <laughs> of woman. Shady as hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, April reveals that uh, she's a reporter for her school newspaper, and um, she's like taking the like the old school like notes on a notepad, you know, mm. old old school uh, reporter style. Um, so at one point, the, the turtles ask her if humanity will accept them like she has. And she basically says, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I was freaked out by you guys. The only reason I'm, like, okay with you is because you helped me out and I know you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, you know, puts in their head this idea of, you know, maybe if they show the people that, that they want to help, that humanity will accept them. Right. Um, 
she ends up getting texted by her parents at the same time the t- turtles get texted by Splinter, so they go home. And I believe on the way home, this is where you know, they... We just watched Secret Invasion. That was also the scroll's motivation. Like, if we help, then or at least one of the scrolls right. turtles. Like, That's true. Yeah. And it also had the whole theme of, like, humanity sucks. Yeah. And they won't accept the scrolls, you know? Yeah. Yeah, very similar... Uh, that's true. Like, I think we talked about this when we were talking about Secret Invasion, how, like, so many modern-day stories, like, that's one of the the plot things is, like, oh, humanity sucks. And, yeah. like, and, and I get to, to, there's, like, a truth to that. But yeah. still, it, it, it's used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so on their way home, the Turtles uh, uh, put together a plan to stop Superfly so humanity will accept them. And, and uh, Leo figures they can use April to give them leads. I might have missed a scene or two in here. I don't know if there's something like between them going home and like picking this back up. But at some point, they, they meet up with April again. Uh, she takes the turtles to her high school, uh, Eastman High, which have, then is a reference to Kevin Eastman, the other creator of Ninja Turtles. Um and I remember, like, so Donatello gets excited. They're kind of all excited just to see what, like, a human school looks like. Mm-hmm. Donatello gets excited because he sees an Attack on Titan refron- reference, like, etched onto a, a locker. Uh, Mikey signs up for an improv comedy class under the name Michael Angelo, mm-hmm. you know. And they make a whole joke about this. is like, oh, Leo, you could be Leo Nardo. Yeah. Doesn't w- really work for Raphael, though. It'd be like Raph I L. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really work. <laughs> um, and then they they notice uh, this locker that has the name Puke Girl scrawled on it, and it ends up that's actually April's locker because uh, at one point, like she was g- doing the uh, the morning announcements, and she got all nervous and just like puked all over the place, which was a funny little bit. Yeah. I thought. Um, now I must have missed it here. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where like. Leo, or like she mentions that the prom was uncanceled. Did they say here why the prom was canceled? Oh, I don't remember that. It must have been in there somewhere, but oh, yeah, I, I didn't remember it. Okay, so April tells the turtles um, that there was four different gangs that have done jobs for Superfly. I'm not sure how she knows this. Yeah. Um, and but these are their leads to you know hopefully track down Superfly. So we get this montage of basically them taking out these four different gangs and interrogating their leaders. Uh, we also see Splinter getting suspicious of them going out at night all the time. Like he knows they're up to something. Um, so basically, almost every all the gangs like their leaders like won't give up in any information. Uh, but eventually, the turtles are led to this man named Bernie. And the turtles decide to, um, and well, they get him to talk basically. So I might have missed something here, um, but I believe basically that Bernie is is also doing a job for Superfly, and they're basically going to take the item they stole and deliver to Superfly. Yeah, Superfly. Uh, he keeps getting people to deliver items to him and then killing them. And then he got this guy to deliver an item to him so he can kill him. <laughs> the, the weird thing is, though, is like, um, you know, you would think all these gangs, 
most likely have members that were killed by Superfly. So you would almost think they'd be like, yeah, we'll give up Superfly. Go kill him. He just yeah. killed like a bunch of our guys. Like he's going to keep killing you. Right. If you keep doing the things he wants you to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know if that totally made sense. Also, like when they're fighting all these guys, like April, like videotapes, like some of it, like it never really comes back. No. I mean, she could help, like possibly help their case so look they I, uh, were fighting for well you. maybe like later on when she's like explaining the scenario to like the people oh like the uh, the news agency yeah. yeah we don't actually see that but maybe we yeah. could infer that maybe that happened um okay so um at some point um Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know exactly where this scene came in. Um, but at some point, Cynthia Utram, she's basically, the, her people tell them, well, she's aware that Superfly has been stealing all this TCRI equipment. So she's like, okay, go ahead and put a tracker like on all of our mm -hmm. equipment and all of our vehicles so yeah. that we can uh, track him down. Um so before the turtles can complete their plan, they get a, a text from Splinter that says, like, there's an emergency. Yeah. So they all, all um, run back home. And since April's with them, they take her with. But they leave her, like, outside the door because they're like, you know, Splinter doesn't like humans, so just stay here. And uh, she makes this joke about seeing a cockroach surfing on a turd, which I thought oh, was yeah. kind of funny. Mm. Um so Splinter reveals that the emergency text was a ruse just to get them there. So he could throw them a surprise uh, pizza party. And he had, like, um, cutouts of, like, the, you know, celebrity Chris's, oh, like yeah. Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, uh, and uh, Chris Evans, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess this scene was just to show that, like, Splinter was, like, sad that they kept going out and was, like, Trying to get back in their good graces, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he was trying to be a good parent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but basically, they, they, they thank Splinter, uh, but go back outside to complete the mission. Um, so the Turtles uh, drive the van with the stolen equipment and wait for uh, Superfly to show up. Um, and, but they're surprised to find out that Superfly is indeed a mutant himself. Shocker. Right. And then we are also introduced to all the other mutants uh, featuring Bebop, Rocksteady, Mondo Gecko, Genghis Frog, Ray Filet, Leatherhead, Wingnut, and a weird cockroach lady who I don't even know if she got a name. She's the one that like just like spews like slime all over. Oh, she doesn't really yeah, speak. Yeah. Um, so Superfly instantly puts it together that the turtles were created 15 years ago. Yeah. It must have came from that explosion from Baxter's lab. Um, and he tells the tale of how he took care of his brothers and sisters uh, and basically how humans also mistreated them. And so just like Splinter, he, he hates humanity. Um, he says the machine he's making will wipe out humanity for good. Um, so the turtles are like, well, we want to, we'd like to know more about that. So he's like, okay, I'll talk to you about it, but we got to go somewhere more fun. So he basically takes him to this like bowling alley slash arcade. Mm -hmm. uh, so Superfly says his machine will turn all animals into mutants and then they can easily either kill the humans or like he mentioned, maybe use them for entertainment. Yeah. And one of them is like, we should just keep them as pets. You know? <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> right. um, so Superfly, uh, they leave there, and Superfly says mentions that he can turn on his machine uh, tonight once he adds the equipment that the turtles have. 
And I should mention, like, during this whole thing, like, April O'Neil's, like, in the ear telling him, like, you know, this is bad. Don't go along with this. Yeah. She would say that. She would. Typical human. <laughs> Uh, the turtles tell Superfly that they will follow him in their van, and you know you get the sense that their plan is like to pretend that, but really like yeah. you know drive the other way. But Soup, they also before that like they talked to Superfly and they're like, just hypothetically, what if we didn't like your plan? Yeah. And he's basically like, well, then I would have to like kill you yeah. or whatever. So they're like, oh no, we like your plan. <laughs> but you know now he definitely like doesn't trust them. Right. So he he says. You know, Mondo, Wingnut, and Rocksteady will ride with you because I drive fast and they n- know where to go. Um, oh, and they asked they asked Mondo where they're going, and Mondo is like, um, "Oh, like we're going to some pier uh, in some Staten Island or yeah. something, one of the like some, New yeah. York boroughs or whatever." Um, I should also say, like, uh, like when they met the other mutants, like Mondo and Mikey, like really took to each other. They're like, right. "Oh, you have." good vibes or whatever you know what i thought was weird is uh, mikey has like braces mm. i believe on his teeth Does he? i think so maybe i'm wrong about that i'm pretty sure i saw him with braces and i was just like how did he get the <laughs> yeah also they had a cell phone i was like how do you get a plan going like you know how they set that up <laughs> uh, i mean donatello is a genius he, he probably yeah. figured something out <laughs> I mean, I guess they could have just, like, um, got, like, burner-style phones and then, like, stole, like, activation cards or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, um, okay. So, while they're in the back of the van, like, they're trying to figure out a way to stop the van. Uh, oh, I wrote, um, um, the other mutants are rocking out to that song, What's Going On, by Four Non Blondes. Oh, right. You know, up until that point, the soundtrack was solid. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, uh, like they do a ton of needle drops in this movie. Most, like, almost all of them except that song, though, are, like, hip-hop songs. And so, like, if you're like me and not into hip-hop, like, it's not going to do anything for you. Mm. But if you're into hip-hop, the, the movie has oh, yeah. a lot of needle drops. great. Drop. Yeah, great. Soundtrack for people who like hip hop, yeah. Um, so Donatello ends up hitting the brake uh, with his stick. This sends the other mutants out of the like windshield, and gives the turtles control of the van. Uh, Superfly though, in his rearview, notices the wreck, and so he begins to chase the turtles. Um, I, we see that there is a like. Well, it, it, at one point it shows like the piece of equipment and like a blinking light on it. So I, I believe that's uh, you know the tracker that mm. the. Uh, Utram lady put on it. Yeah. Um, so Superfly eventually grabs the equipment, uh, and the other turtles like try to like hold on to it, right. making like a chain. But eventually they wreck into a road sign, and Superfly gets away. And then uh, immediately Utram's men show up and capture the turtles. You know, one thing I'm wondering about is like, you know, Utram mentions putting the tracker on the stuff to. Um, eventually get like get superfly but it, once we find out like superfly's plan and everything it, it seems like utram and superfly almost want to do the same thing yeah yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways the turtles wake up uh they are in restraints and uh utram is there and she's like you know is shocking them with a shocker um the old shocker. the old shocker um, and she says she will, uh, uh, you know, basically milk the ooze, out of them, which sounds dirty. <laughs> I think they did that whole three times joke, you know, like they did the whole milk them three times. Yeah. 
they even at one point coming up like uh do a close up on this machine and it's called like the 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 milker 2000 uh, or something i don't remember exactly <laughs> but they yeah they really hammer that joke yeah so i mean they're milking them and it looks like their blood is straight ooze like that's true like <laughs> it's green come it's not red so it's yeah. like yeah I, that's why I wrote, like, milk the ooze out of them rather than their blood because it just seems like, yeah, it's all green. And so, like, I guess it uh, it, it turned their blood green like the ooze. I guess so. <laughs> uh, Leo tells the others that maybe he shouldn't have trusted April and seemed like, you know, she might have left him for dead. Uh, but then immediately we get a scene where April shows up at Splinter's home and tells him what happened. Uh, so now Splinter shows up... Uh, at the facility and basically, you know, wreck shop beats all these guys and frees the turtles. Um, so it's amazing how guns are so unimportant in this universe. Like <laughs> nobody ever uses them. And if they do use them, they use them for like a foot away. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think the first batch of guys like he beat maybe just had like shock sticks or something. But eventually like, there was a bunch of guys with the mutated guns and I'm like, not one of these guys could shoot him from a right. distance, just turn him into a regular rat and be done with it. Um, let's see. Where was I? Okay. So now um, they send April home and they go after Superfly. Um, April, I believe this is like close to her apartment. She notices like the motorcycle of one of those Utram soldier guys. Um, Splinter and the turtles show up at Superfly's lair, uh, but he and the others were ready and waiting for them. Uh, the turtles convinced this, I thought I was fine with it, but it, it seemed like it almost happened too quickly where basically the turtles just convinced the other mutants that you don't really want to go through with Superfly's plan. Yeah. And, and they're basically like, yeah, you're right. And immediately turn against him. And I, like, I could see maybe a few of them like Mondo Gecko, like, you know, but I would think at least Bebop and Rocksteady would maybe be like, no, we are into his plan. Yeah. Like, maybe have a few that are like, no. So you, you know, you get like kind of half and half fighting rather yeah. than just them all ganging up on Superfly. Right, right. But no, they all they're all like, yeah, you're right. We don't like his plan. So they all gang up on Superfly. Yeah, and it's also like Superfly raised them from childhood. Yeah, yeah. so you would think they would have a. Some allegiance towards yeah. him, at least some of them. Yeah. Um, so Superfly does turn on the machine, and it's, like, powering up. Uh, but basically, since they're all teamed up, they end up all knocking him and the machine into the ocean. Uh, but this causes Superfly to merge with a whale and a bunch of other sea creatures. And he basically just comes out like this giant, you know, yeah. mutant. And also, like, there happens conveniently to be a zoo there where he lands. Mm -hmm. So now he also merges with a bunch of zoo animals, especially, like, a bunch of horses, which, act, yeah. like, become his leg. Like, how many horses were at the zoo? <laughs> Quite a few, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's another thing is, like... At a zoo, like, how many horses exactly? Right. Like, this is a horse-heavy zoo. <laughs> People want more horse. <laughs> we don't want to see, like, rhinos Lions. and monkeys. Give us horses. Yeah. We don't see those a lot. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, basically, he just becomes this huge, like, mutant kaiju, basically. Um, so Splinter gives this, like, uh, speech that inspires the turtles and the mutants to cross the ocean and fight Superfly. Uh, they contact April, who ends up stealing that motorcycle she saw earlier, and she goes to help the turtles. Um, I'm probably missing some stuff in this fight, but basically, um, to start out with the turtles, they, they get one of those guns, 
and they shoot Superfly uh, uh, with one of them, thinking that it'll stop him. But yeah. basically, it just hits like one of those horses on his leg and like mutates that back into a regular horse. Yeah. And so then they realize, oh, like you know, this is going to be harder than we thought. Uh, so Superfly throws a bunch of cars at him. Uh, they eventually get in a bus, and he like kicks the bus over and like yeah. kind of messes them up. Should have killed him with that though. Really, like, when, he, when he kicked that butt, I was like, "No way!" Well, they got those hard turtle shells. <laughs> they got that built-in protection. <laughs> um, so April notices that the news is telling people that the turtles are the bad guys, and basically they're they're all in league with Superfly. Mm. Um, so um, uh, then uh, Leo ends up giving the turtles uh, like an inspiring leader type speech to get them back into the fight. Uh, Donatello comes up with a plan uh, to throw the, I don't even know what you call it, but whatever element, the blue element that's in the Utron yeah. weapons, he's like, if we take that and throw it in like the, the convenient blowhole yeah. on the back of, um, of uh, Superfly's neck, it'll basically get into his bloodstream and, and destroy him. Hmm. Um, so now we get a scene where April interrupts the news broadcast. Um, uh, to tell the, the people that the turtles and the other mutants are indeed the good guys, and they're trying to stop Superfly. Mm. Um, and she does throw up a little bit, right? Yeah. Bring that joke back. Um, so the turtles toss the, the blue element back and forth, trying to get it to Superfly's blowhole. Uh, eventually, Splinter gets the element, but Superfly like knocks him like several blocks down the road. Um, so a human approaches Splinter, and uh, to Splinter's surprise, offers him a hand, a hand up. You know, he's still kind of no. afraid of humans, but he's like, oh, this guy seems all right. And then Splinter also notices that the news is reporting that, like, the turtles and the other mutants are good guys. So mm. he's like, oh, maybe I was wrong about humanity. Uh, Splinter says he needs to deliver the uh, blue element to the turtles, uh, but the human's like, no, I got it. I'll, I'll do it for you. And so the element ends up getting passed uh, between various humans and mutants, including Mondo Gecko. It finally makes its way to the turtles, and they do end up throwing it in Superfly's blowhole, uh, basically causing him to uh, blow up. <clears throat> and we eventually find out uh, reverting back into just like a regular fly. Yeah. Um, now tell me if I'm missing any stuff here in the wrap-up, but... I remember we get a scene where Splinter is making out all disgustingly with, like, the cockroach lady. Yeah. Um, and then he offers the mutants to basically go live with him and the turtles in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a scene of um, of the mutants kind of getting settled in in the, the sewers. Um, and the turtles are getting dressed uh, for their first day of school. Um, oh, and so we get this scene where, like, Splinter's saying goodbye to Mikey as he climbs up, and, like, we see his bandana. Like, he leaves the bandana at home. So, like, they're going to school just as, like, regular kids without the bandanas, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they show up at school, uh, and uh, they go to school, and the turtles, like, they're unsure of what will happen, but they're basically get—they're warmly greeted by both April and the other kids. They think they're cool. And then uh, we end the movie on April's locker that now, I forget exactly what it says. I think instead of puke girl, it says like hero or something. Yeah, I'm not sure what it said. I forget exactly what it said. But basically now the kids are on her side and, and she's like, they look All up to her. All you do is save the world. Right. 
Um, so cut to credits, and uh, we go through the credits. And there is a, a pretty lengthy, actually, mid-credit stinger. Um, so we basically see the, the turtles enjoying school. Uh, Raphael joins the wrestling team. Mikey joins that improv comedy team. Which, I mean, my I had a high school in a small town. I, I don't think they had a ton of extracurriculars, but like, we certainly did not have an improv comedy club. And I, I'm wondering, like, how many high schools have improv comedy? Like, I don't remember classes? seeing that either. <laughs> um, Leo ends up asking April to the prom, um, and then as they're all enjoying prom, it's revealed that they are being monitored by Cynthia Utram. Um, who has Superfly caged in just like his regular fly form. Mm. And she asks her lieutenant uh, to con- contact Shredder, and we get a quick glimpse of Shredder. Yeah. Bum, 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 to be continued in the inevitable sequel. Which we'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I did, we didn't stay to the very end, so if there's an end credit sequence, we we don't know about it. Um I mean, I I guess it's better that they at least like didn't use Shredder in this movie. At least wait, yeah. have the patience to wait for the second movie. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm just interested in what Shredder's role is. Like, is he just some underling for this lady, or is he like his own character? Like, because Shredder's always had his own agency. You know? Oh, I I think they'll definitely make him like you know, powerful and like the leader of his own domain and everything, okay. but he's just like using his services. But you, you got to think like eventually there's going to be a reveal that she has, she is either Kang or has a connection to Kang. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I'm definitely not on the edge of my seat as much as like wanting to see the next Spider-Verse movie. Right. No, <laughs> no. I mean, Spider-Verse, I, I definitely think is like top tier animated film. Like that's as good as it gets for me. Um, but this was this was good. I I didn't think it was like I didn't even think it was mediocre. That was you know the story was pretty sound. You know like it was fun. It was silly. Uh, the cartoon, the animation style brought out positive feelings for me because of the Spider Verse and how that sits in my mind. So all in all, I thought it was a good experience. I'm curious, w- would you like to see like another go at a live action Ninja Turtles? I actually prefer this one more. Did you? Yeah. I think you can get away with more. You can it's it's you know, there's something about live action where like there is that uncanny valley where, you know, the suits and stuff, like sometimes they don't look right or the movements don't look right or something about that just you know, but in the cartoon, you can get away with all that, and it's just easier to believe. You know, I, I only watched, like, the first one of those um, Michael Bay-produced ones, mm-hmm. and, like, I didn't think, like, they, they made the turtles look ugly in those movies, but I didn't mind it. Like, they yeah. definitely, you know, had a had a distinct look, but uh, I didn't think, like, the CGI was bad or anything. I just thought the movie, like, story-wise was bad, and right, right. It, it, it was, like, most... You know, anything Michael Bay touches, it was more style over substance. Was Megan Fox in that, too? Yes. I'm surprised she worked with him after uh, Transformers. Yeah, I don't really know what's up with their relationship. Because, yeah, it seems like they, like, you know, wrote her out of the um, Transformers movies because, like, she said a bunch of, like, stuff about him or something. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently they must have made up. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know what making up with Michael Bay would do for you now, though. I don't think he's getting a lot of movies anymore. 
oh no, he still he still works. Really? I, yeah, he made that. Uh, I didn't watch it, but like, um, there was a movie called Ambulance with like um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. It was like, a, and I, I think it's supposed to be pretty bad too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what the thing is like. His movies actually tend to make a lot of money. Well, yeah, they're always like supposed to be blockbuster type movies, like Transformers. These are huge names. The thing is, like, some people really just like that sort of action. Like, some people are okay with style over substance. Yeah, I haven't watched you know many Michael Bay movies. Like, I think that that Ninja Turtles one was well, and he didn't direct that actually, so that's not even fair. But like, I don't even know what the last like Michael Bay directed movie I would have watched. It's been forever because I was just like, this guy just doesn't make stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. Did you hear any uh, meows in uh, the Ninja Turtle movies? <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> Does he do that a lot in his movies? In his movies, like whenever they start out, like meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember hearing any of those. Man, speaking of noise, maybe I'm becoming an old man, but I thought when I was watching this, I was like, God, this is really loud. I w- almost wish they'd turn it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh- I've had that, especially even at home, like where the commercials on certain shows are like really loud. Oh, the yeah. The show is soft as hell. I haven't watched like regular TV in a while, but that is something they were doing. Where, like, we really want these people to hear the commercials. Yeah. Like, I, I actually even think they might have like proposed legislation at one time to make it so they couldn't do that. Cause like it was a thing where yeah. like they were purposely like making the commercials much louder than the. the Volume of whatever program, sure. you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like people who are like they're like some of these people are just watching Law and Order in the background. So when the commercial <laughs> comes on, you make sure they hear that yeah. we're paying you money. <laughs> I think there is definitely something to that. Mm. Uh, so AJ, I guess we're to it. The, the the scoring round. What would you give Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem on a scale of one to ten? I liked it. It was good. Um, I'll give it a 6.2. Not quite a 6.5, but 6.2. See, I almost thought the way you were talking, you were going to go even higher. But yeah, I'm going to give this thing a 6. I, I I think it's fine, but like, I, I was underwhelmed. And, and like, I, I don't know if I'll ever revisit it. If I, if I do, it'll be many, many, many moons from now. Yeah. It'll be long enough to where it does feel dated because of all the pop culture references. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would watch it again too, but it'd be a while. Like you mentioned, like I'm, I, when the second one comes out, like, I probably will watch it, but I'm not like champing at the bit to watch it. You know, I, I am kind of more excited <clears throat> about the idea of Shredder being in it. You know, he's like the bad guy, so I think he would only improve the story. But uh, you know, it just depends on how they write it, I guess. <laughs> Did you like that they actually use like teenage kids as the voices of the turtles? Yeah, I like that. That was fun. <clears throat> I think it works well for this cartoon. Although I always kind of thought it'd be cool if they did like, you know, an adult <laughs> like if they they actually graduate from teenage <laughs> to adult <laughs> mutant ninja turtles and what that would might be like. Well, I mean, that's what kind of like the the first live action ones were like they were kind of like adultish, right? Like Secret of the U's, they were pretty old. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but like, it, they I could mean, have been. There's adult. no way Raphael was a teenager in that movie. He <laughs> was too <laughs> grumpy old man to be a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, I watched those movies as a kid so many times. Like, so I must many. have drove my parents crazy. Between that and the Super Mario Brothers that I watched, yeah. the movie that I watched incessantly, man, I don't know how they survived me as a kid. Like, uh, I just know, like, the New York City pizza really just, it was embedded, like, that was the best pizza. Like, I had never <laughs> right. tasted it, nothing. But, like, they, they made the pizza look so good, and they made it such a big deal in those movies. <laughs> well, people from New York will still insufferably tell you that it's still the best. <laughs> it I might be, but... Never had a New York pizza. No. I gotta try one. Well, you have to actually go to New York. Yeah, that's the only downside. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does sound better than, like, that, like... Chicago like deep dish. I've had that. That's actually pretty good. Is it? Yeah, it's. Filling, oh yeah, I forgot. Though. You actually went to Chicago, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Chicago's not. I mean, their pizzas are pretty good. I uh, I haven't been to Detroit, but like I, I was born there, but I haven't been there lately. And uh, their style of pizza is pretty good too. Detroit style pizza. Oh, what are they doing there? It's kind of like a thicker crust. Has like oil and pepperoni, and it's just. I don't know. It's really good. It's like mm-hmm. a. It's almost like a deep dish, but it's, it's not quite. It's better. Well, I'm definitely not taking a trip to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds rough. <laughs> You'll come back a man <laughs> <laughs> in a body bag. <laughs> um. Well, AJ, any any final thoughts or anything you wanted to address about the movie before we wrap things up? I mean, you know, I thought it was good you know i thought like the kids would like it and it it does the deal you know yeah overall thoughts i think it's a very kid-friendly movie but adults you might like it but it might be less appealing than something like spider-verse right yeah Yeah. uh but what did you guys think of of, uh teenage mutant ninja turtles please comment below let us know um if you will subscribe both to the youtube channel uh and to the podcast in audio form on your podcast service of choice uh, leave us those thumbs up, uh, good reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, so far, uh, uh, I am still on on Twitter or X. X if you <laughs> X, gonna give X it to gonna you. Give it to you. <laughs> um, that's at Zach Jones Live. Z a c h j o n e s l i v e. But that is gonna do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.